And we are on. Hello and welcome to Sports Unhinged. I am Mohammed and I am joined by Mark Ujita and Coach Bartlett as we cover week nine, preview week nine of the NFL. Now, we were supposed to start this podcast, this segment, talking about the fantastic win that the Green Bay Packers had over the formerly undefeated Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. But as the week went on, and this is the Green Bay Packers team that didn't have their wide receivers, they were missing coaches, they were missing a lot of pieces. But as the week went on, a controversy broke out with Aaron Rodgers testing positive for COVID-19 and revealing that he was actually unvaccinated before um, uh, he was unvaccinated and led people on to believe that he was vaccinated. Now, before I, I, I go into that, let me just read to you word for word, what was Aaron Rodgers' answer when he was asked whether he was vaccinated and what his stance on was on vaccination? That was the question. It was about vaccination. His answer was, yes, I've been immunized. There's a lot of conversations around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements. There's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Not him. There's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. I think it's a personal decision. I am not going to judge those guys. So, Mark, <laughs> we were going to spend the opening segment of this podcast praising Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers for winning that game against the Arizona Cardinals. But now my question is, and I'm giving you this question because I, I bet you're chomping at the bit to, uh, to have a go at Aaron Rodgers here. Did he mislead the public here? He lied. Flat out lied. And he lied to, I believe he probably lied to his teammates. He lied to his organization. He lied to his opponents. After the Bears played the Packers, we had five people go down with COVID. Coincidence, maybe, I'm just saying. Right. I don't think if it was anybody else, they'd already be suspended. They'd already be fined. At the time of recording, which is now uh, Thursday afternoon, USA time, uh, there is no decision on what's going to happen to him. But I believe from what's being said earlier today that there's going to be very little punishment, maybe a fine for the Packers, maybe a fine for him, but no suspension, which I think will be disgraceful in, in the scheme of things. Yes, yeah, a small item, but it's a very important thing at the moment. Everyone's very COVID focused for the last couple of years. And then you have this high profile sportsman, fantastic sportsman, lying to lots and lots of people. I think it's completely, utterly wrong. It's shameful. It's disgraceful. And I believe Packers fans aren't very happy as well. Spoken like a true Chicago Bears fan here. Uh, now, let me, Coach, let me come to you for a bit now. That he's, he mentioned the word immunized. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to claim here, you know, English is my second language. But when you're immune to a certain disease, it's usually through vaccination. And we're talking through vaccination or inoculation. It's, we're talking about three things. Pfizer. Johnson & Johnson, Moderna. Is there another meaning to this word that could he could get away on a technicality by using the word immunized? Well, I'm ashamed to say I had to Google okay. uh, the difference between immunized and vaccinated. And as best I can tell, I have to agree with Mark to a certain extent. Um, we live in an NFL world where people are losing their jobs for 10, 8, 6-year-old emails where people are being suspended for accused of deflating footballs, where people are losing their jobs for whatever 
I would say, smaller reasons. And if we're really going to say we're focused on transparency, as the NFL likes to claim, if we're really focused on, you know, we, we want to be the leaders of the public and be upfront, um, I'm, I'm unfortunately, uh, I'm unhappy to say that I don't think that happened. Um, I, I feel like that this is going to probably hurt their locker room. Um, I don't want to say it will break it, but I, and, and it helps when you're winning. And I've said that the last however many weeks as we talk about Deshaun Watson. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, when you mislead someone blatantly, I mean, I don't think it was swept under the rug. I don't think it was a look at my right hand. This is what my left hand was doing. He was asked the question and you eloquently, you know, relayed his messages um, and his answers. I, I think he blatantly misled. And I just don't know. I've been in enough locker rooms to know that doesn't always go well, um, now, especially reports- for. Yeah, sorry, but especially for those who. You know, maybe have family members or for whatever reason, those that might be. Um, at bigger risk. Yeah. And, and look, I, I've read everything that says, you know, it only protects you. I, I'm trying to protect myself. And that's why I'm vaccinated. I can still get it. I can still pass it. Yes, that's correct. But if you're skirting the rules and you're unmasked, you're very much going to pass it if you got it. Right, right. And, 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 and if, if, if you had followed the rules as they were specific, then you've got a mask on because you're not vaccinated or you're on Zoom. And if you do happen to get it, yes, it's going to be better for you if you're vaccinated. But if you're not, you're also not giving it to us if you're following the rules. So you can't walk the double-edged sword. You can't, you can't, I don't know. I've got some pretty strong opinions, but I don't like it. I've I've got one question. Why was every other Packer player who isn't vaccinated on Zoom, given their press conferences, but Rogers was there in place unmasked? Right. Why? There are reports that the team was aware that Aaron Rogers is not vaccinated. So he's, He's not really putting the the players in danger, but when we're talking about media, we're talking about the press corps, we're talking about fans. I mean, if you're if you're a fan and you've got some vulnerable people at home, you probably won't run to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, give me your autograph. You probably take a picture of him from far away. Um, Now, Yujita, I know that, you know, you have been one of those people that, you know, took COVID very seriously and been very, very, you know, very taken the the, the cautionary kind of side of things. Um, What would be a, a, a... if forget what the NFL is about to do and what the reports are and the fact that he might just get a slap on the wrist, what would be a good punishment that would actually send a message to the people that this is something that we take very seriously as the NFL? Hey man, look, it's for me, it's bordering on criminal because yeah, you know, like Mark said, he, he, it's a fraud. He lied, you know, and, and he tried to cover it up by putting words like immunization. Now I, I really can't fathom what kind of punishment, uh, he could get sit out the season. I don't know. Yeah, right. but uh, the, the fact remains, it, it's it's criminal what he did. And there have been reports that, okay, he's going to apologize, but I don't think he will because I think he's going to come swinging at, at the league because that's right. his only offense, right? Because if he apologizes, that's it. He lied. So, you know, like Mark said, I mean, the, the, the fans should be in uproar. The Packers fans should be in uproar over this. Yeah, and yeah. then they should just be out of his camp I think that's that's actually the worst punishment for him, that they go out of his camp, they go to the Jordan Love camp, see what you know they can build up with the new QB. I think that's 
a better, bigger punishment for, uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Now, the one thing that I want to mention here is that Aaron Rodgers cannot get away on a technicality for using different words. Because if Aaron Rodgers is anything, he is precise. He is precise on the field. He played an excellent game against the Cardinal. But he has been precise with his words throughout the offseason. He was very clear to let us know his thoughts about the fact that he needs more help at the wide receiver position, the fact that he's been unhappy with the decisions that were made. He has spent his entire offseason being very specific about what is making him unhappy in Green Bay. So, and I think he cannot get away with a, a, a you know, an ambiguity around a, a, a certain word here. Um, now, I don't know what, how, how he has been immunized. I know that his girlfriend, Charlene Woodley, has this weird thing. She only drinks spring water and she actually walks he's to actually, a spring with a bucket something. every day and, and, and fills up the water. Medicines. That's what he's had. Homeopathic stuff. That's... And, and he's gone on record saying that now. Yeah. Well, know, what does that mean? I mean, I don't understand what that means. I knew she brushes her teeth with dirt and mud vaccine. or something like it's that. It's not a vaccine. So it's not one of three approved vaccines. That's what counts. And Right. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty wound about this because if it was anybody else other than Aaron Rodgers, possibly Tom Brady, the decision would be made by the NFL by now. We right. know exactly where we stand. He'd probably get a four-game suspension. I'm not looking to get rid of him for the rest of the year. I don't think that's right. I think four games would be would be the yeah. right punishment. And I'm I'm trying not to look at this as a Bears fan. I'm trying to look at it as a football fan. Right. Anybody else, what would they do? If it was Justin Fields and he lied to his the public and the media and the his teammates, I would want him to be suspended. And I think within the agreement there is a four game suspension allowed for for something like this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers will get it. Right, right. And, and, and I think one, one other thing that we have to consider is, yes, we're having to go Aaron Rodgers here, and, and obviously he's, he's at the center of all of this, but is there some kind of responsibility that sits with the NFL and with the Green Bay Packers? Because after that press conference back in August, the headlines were that Aaron Rodgers is vaccinated. So should they have come out and actually clarified that since they knew that he yes. wasn't? And not just let it, let it go on. I mean, I think the NFL has some kind of responsibility here, and I think that's going to play a part in why... They're guilty accomplice. They're complicit in the whole thing, which is why they can't suspend him, because they and knew. It, and it becomes difficult to enforce any punishment and any future infractions on, on, on COVID, because they're like, Aaron did it, right? So it's, mm. um, yeah, well... There, there's been an awful lot of talk recently about Cole Beasley, who's a wide receiver for the Bills who was very anti-vax and he was very outspoken and like him or love him or hate him. Sorry. You got to respect him for his opinion. He was open and honest. I don't like his opinion. I don't necessarily agree with his opinion, but I know where he stands. With this is not about the choice of being vaccinated or unvaccinated. This is just about being open and transparent. No, no, right? I, exactly. It's just about, Cole Beasley did not lie. He said, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I don't believe in it. Whatever. That's fine. He, that's his personal choice. Aaron Rodgers gave the impression to everybody that he used the word, I am immunized. Right. Within which, that, which people which, assumed, people yeah, assumed the, he was vaccinated. And exactly. Said, when, which sets a dangerous precedent because you yeah. have this guy on a, on a big platform saying immunization is the same thing as vaccination. And then you right. get just ordinary people going out and trying the same thing. 
Okay, we don't need to get vaccinated. And it's not like we, we need more confusion and more conflicting exactly. here on this particular topic. Exactly. All right. Yeah. The, the, uh, Coach, frustra- the frustrating thing is when, when we started this podcast, we didn't ever want to mention the word COVID because it's, it's lots of football. Got, yeah, yeah, you know, we all, we've all got COVID fatigue. And it's a great shame that because of the actions of one high profile superstar, that we've had to address it as we have done today. But right. guys out there who are watching this, they're our opinions. Please let us know yours because we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Now, Coach, let's look forward. Now, Green Bay will go with Jordan Love. They've got a game against Kansas City. What is the expectation here? Because Green Bay have shown that, you know, with that X factor of Aaron Rodgers, they can even beat the Arizona Cardinals, which was an unexpected win there. Um, what happens going forward if they have to depend on Jordan Love in the next few games at least? You know, I think we don't know. Um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has played so well and gets 99% of the reps in practice, all the reps. Um, I think I think no one has any idea, and I would probably include the people in the building in Green Bay. Right. I think they don't know. Um, I think it's fortunate that they come up against the Chiefs. Um, I think Green Bay's defense is playing really well at the moment, and I think um, that – because they're playing really well, they match up really well against the Chiefs. They play too high safety and almost never blitz in their defense in general, which is right. exactly what you know Kansas City struggles with. Um, so I think the defense will carry them. Now, as far as you know, your question about Jordan Love, I don't know. Um, I don't. Nobody I have knows. no film on the guy. Um, nobody. No one does. I mean, if if you say he performs like the white kid from sorry. The quarterback whose last name is White from the Jets. <laughs> In the Jets, yeah. Um, then, hey, he's the next coming, and we'll just cut this guy for lying. Right. And if he performs like the guy with a concussion in Carolina, then, you know, hey, we're sorry. He apologized. Yes, we knew. We apologized. <laughs> He'll be back in 10 days, and we'll win again. So, Isn't right. That awful? Um, Isn't that awful? <laughs> you know, we've talked about it a lot with the guy from Houston being traded to wherever and all the right. things he might or might have not done. But mm-hmm. I tell you guys over and over and over, NFL fans and especially NFL owners, they have quite short memories if you're winning football games. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, Ujita, just a quick one before we move on from this. Uh, Arizona lost last uh, last week. Is that a speed bump, uh, and they're going to go back to being great, or or was there a lot of questions that that, that have been raised now about uh, the Cardinals? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, they're still looking uh, looking good. Look, uh, Green Bay, they did their thing. You know, they ran Aaron Jones. They didn't have Devante Adams. Um, Aaron Rodgers were there there to lead the game. Um, I don't think Arizona really. I think yeah, it could. It's probably a speed bump, but I think they're looking good in the NFC. I think Dallas is their main. Uh, Dallas and Rams are their main opponents right now, uh, but I think they've they've got the West. I think they're okay for it. Right. Okay. All right. Now let's move on to the NFL trade deadline. Now before we go into who went where and what kind of moves were made and what moves were not made, um, let me start with a question here on, on, on the trade deadline itself. What, what is your, you guys' opinion on the trade deadline? Should it be moved? Should it be changed? Is it necessary? Um, Mark, what are, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's been a damp squib for the last few years, to be honest. There's been one or two blockbusters, but really 
there's been all this hype. Now, you know, this year it was November the 2nd, Tuesday, four o'clock. It's going to all happen on Tuesday. And then, of course, nothing. Uh, and the NFL kind of likes that because it gives them good publicity for those couple of weeks leading up to the deadline. Right. I think as far as the teams are concerned, a personal opinion is uh, I'd rather it was a little bit later, um, especially now that they've extended the season to a 17-game season. I think that helps everybody. Um, there's no real reason to ever have a, you know, if they said it was the end of December, it wouldn't bother me. Right. It really right. wouldn't bother me. Because you've got, you know, you've got clauses for injuries and all sorts of things. But I, I just don't like the deadline itself. It's a bit like the soccer transfer window in Europe in January and things like this. Generally, not much of interest happens except from desperate teams and who, who will overpay average players just to get someone to fill a roster spot. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, of the play deadline. Now, Coach, you're, you're the commissioner of one of our fantasy leagues here and... We have a trade deadline on that because after a certain point, you don't want people to collude or to, 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 to make changes and, uh, and, and, and move teams there. Um, should this be something that the NFL enforces, like Mark said, end of December before maybe the, the playoffs? Or, or, I mean, is it something that, you know, is to get ratings, especially now that, you know, this is coinciding with the beginning of the, of the basketball season and Major League Baseball World Series. So it kind of keeps the, the NFL relevant, um, not that it needs to be because there's a lot of negative uh, headlines coming up. So we've got the Henry Ruggs, very unfortunate incident there that came up. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got Odell Beckham Jr., which we'll talk about in a bit. So I think the NFL, you know, is, is okay when it comes to staying in the headlines, um, negative as they may be. But should, should, the, should the trade deadline be moved a bit later? <laughs> You know, I, I read once we decided this was going to be in, as we say, the B block um, of our conversation, I read up on it a bit and it was created um, and it's in the CBA because of the amount of money. If you make a trade on that day or before that okay. the trading team can assume of that salary. So it directly impacts the salary cap. You can still make a trade after the deadline, but the ability to manipulate that salary cap hit. Um, is very much hand, um, handcuffing you, right? Right. So you can still make that, that trade in December, um, but how much salary you take on and how much hit you get and your ability to maneuver under the salary cap. So that's really why it was created and why a deadline was put in place. Um, it was very much for the players so that if they got traded for that, you know, they, they, back in the day, they would, if they wanted, if they were likely to get moved, um, there were some salary issues, who got paid, when the pay went over, how that transferred over, and it was 100% part of the salary cap when free agency came apart. So um, I understand it. I still don't like it. Right. Um, I, I like, especially now that we've had a 17th game, um, and you know, I, I don't know if fantasy football is an equivalent, but I think it benefits better if it's farther along in the season, even with the 17th game, right. um, the idea was, and in in what I read about it, was to get it halfway through, exactly halfway through the season, so that they could prorate certain salaries, et cetera. So um, I, I, think it, I think it benefits salary cap able buyers like the Rams showed that they had and yeah. how much they could take of that salary. And I even read 
because they could take more salary, they could also get a third round pick out of the trade where in the beginning, when they weren't willing to take on that salary, and if that trade had happened after the deadline, they wouldn't have gotten the third round pick. So essentially they're giving cash now, it right. goes to um, Von Miller, but they're giving cash for a third round pick. And so I think that's what it's trying to limit by keeping it midway through the season. Um, I see that in, in so many small cases, as Mark said, you know, there, but there's very few blockbusters as we saw maybe seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. Right. Um, so I think it deserves a look at, I think I read even someone, um, the competition committee is going to take a look at it and maybe give an altering idea um, to the competition committee on altering the CBA. So maybe it will change. They want to do it later. And, you know, who knows? If I'm a player, if I'm due 9 million, I don't give a darn who pays my 9 million. Right, right. And I I think the NFL, through that desperation, we're trying to kind of hype up a couple of uh, moves. And one of them was the Odell Beckham Jr., uh, move. So there's a lot of all eyes were there on Cleveland to see if Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be dealt off somewhere else. And he ended up not being traded. Um, and now there's all of these stories coming up that he was sent home for practice, that he's not with the team. Um, Yujita, I mean, we didn't get any clarity on an incident that occurred that caused all of this, that, you know, maybe he, he has been um, unhappy. But all we know is that his father posted a clip on social media of 12 minutes uh, of, of, of Baker Mayfield missing Odell Beckham Jr. And then we got a cryptic tweet from LeBron James saying free OBJ. And that's, that's about it. We don't know anything about an incident. So is this the kind of thing that Cleveland keeps doing by shooting themselves in the foot and causing disruption to the locker room and getting in their own way when they have such a good team? What are your thoughts on this whole Odell Beckham Jr. saga? that's when you know you got to get out. When your dad gets involved. Yeah, we saw this with <laughs> Cam Newton as well, if you remember. Yeah, uh, yeah but I think it's got to it's gotta do a bit with arrogance uh, on OBJ's part as well, you know? Um, yeah, there is some word that we did see Baker not target him a whole lot. I think he's had about something like 17 receptions. He's not in the greatest shape, but he's still a wide receiver who you can get some productivity out of. Right. But I think, um, yeah, it's it's too toxic for him to remain in Cleveland at the moment. I don't know whether it's got to do with Cleveland or with him. Could be both. But he needs to get out of Cleveland. And uh, Right. Yeah. And the CBA right now actually kind of, uh, in the past, you could just tell someone, stay home, you'll get your money anyways, and we'll just keep you on the team. Now the CBA does not allow for that. So you have to make a decision. Either you release them. Or, yeah. or, or you keep them. Um, Coach, what are your thoughts on this? What, what happens next? With hey, the- listen, I, I saw, I saw an, an, and I'll send it to you guys, but I saw an addition to Dad's um, video drop. And on, I think, I think all but three of the plays that he had in the video, <clears throat> Odell was the third progression. Okay. So it's not like ba- Baker's purposely skipping him, right? And... I also, in that same video, and again, I'll send the link, but on those particular plays, I think 70% or 76%, I think was actually the number, they completed a pass. Ah, so okay, so it wasn't a By dad miss. saying, hey, Baker's skipping my guy, the Browns don't like him. Now, I, I don't, I have no idea 
if they're making him purposely the third progression in the reads, that's not my decision to say. But I find it interesting that in those particular plays, they completed a pass and it was in the first or second progression. Well, having been a coach, that's exactly what you want. Right. You want a scheme for your first or second progression to throw the ball. Otherwise, that timer in the back of your head runs out and you're done for. Right. So, you know, if, if, if we're scheming for him to be the third or fourth progression, maybe we can do a better job as that as coaches. But I hate it being thrown on Baker. And look, I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but if I get to my first progression and he's open, I'm throwing the ball. Right. And if I, my, my first one's not open and my second one is, I'm throwing the ball. And if I get to the third and he's open, I'm throwing the ball. I really never, I don't think they do, look at the numbers and say, oh, I can't throw it to this guy because I don't like him. Yeah, I just, right. that, that's not, that, that, that doesn't happen in the NFL. Nah. Right, right. Now, if we look at some other moves that were made as well, uh, Mark, I want to look at the, the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, devastating news with their leading guy, uh, Derek Henry, um, you know, with the foot injury and he had to go through surgery and there are reports that he might be out for the rest of the season. But a best case scenario will be kind of a six, six to 10 weeks uh, uh, out and he might be back after that. Um, that's kind of like the, the best case scenario. So they went and got Adrian Peterson. Now, without Derek Henry, the question is, are the Titans done? Uh, can we count them out I, uh, no, of, the, not, of, of the season? I can see Coach nodding his head. They're not, they're not done, but they're weakened. They're severely weakened. AP is not the same. He's just not. So I mean, it would be nice if it was 2012. You've got Julio Jones and Adrian Peterson, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're nine years on, and how fit is Peterson going to be? Um, in the last few years, he was playing. He was really well known for drops as well on fumbles. Um, I don't think Titans have got that big a window that they can afford too many failed runs. Right. So, no, they're severely weakened. And there's a lot of pressure on every other starter in the offense now. That's that's the yeah. reality. Everybody has to step up that extra few percent to get to where they're going. I think this weekend is huge for them. Um, I think it's a really, really big game. And I'm at, at the Rams, yes. Rams. So, you know, the the Rams are strong. I, I like the Rams. And they just got stronger, Eugita. I mean, Von Miller <laughs> joining that. Crazy defense uh, for a 2022 second and third round pick. What are Denver doing? Are they purposefully trying to lose or are they just building up picks for their future at the moment? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they've, uh, I guess they've kind of uh, given up on the season. So why not, you know, use the capital they have and, and, and restart the rebuild? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, during our last conversation, I think where I told you Juan Miller, there was some talk about Juan Miller going and then they did it and they got rid of him just in time i guess before you know he became expensive or they were not going to get anything out of him but uh yeah i mean rams i mean uh, you know you got aaron donald and Juan miller uh, how, how are you gonna and, and the crazy. other guy leonard floyd as well you know and it, it's not like the rams needed the defense to get to the, to, to the super bowl i mean their offense uh could get them there but I think does that you put them look... up, up above everybody else in the NFC right now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that, that's their plan, right? I mean because you at some point you might go up against Tampa, you might go up against Arizona, and you know uh, you're going to need some better defense. And 
And this is how they build their team. They don't care about draft picks anymore. I don't think they have a first rounder till 2024 or something like that. You know, they've got only four picks in next year's draft. So they're not a rebuild. They're trying to get all these veterans who are almost has-beens, but still have some kick in them. And right. they're going all out for it on 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, with, with, with Denver kind of losing Von Miller as well, and, you know, they're trying to trade Fuller as well. So clearly their, their, their strategy now is to get as many picks and, and maybe start yep. a, a complete rebuild through, through the draft. They're up against Dallas. Now, coach, you know, let's go to the Lone Star State. Got the flag behind you there. Dallas come back from a bye week. Dak Prescott with a calf injury, which is usually kind of a signal that tells you, you know, you're fatigued. You need to kind of rest for a bit. Uh, reports are that he should be a full go for, for practice um, today on Thursday, and, and, and he should be there for the game. If you were the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, you've got Denver, you've got Atlanta, and then you've got KC coming up. Is starting Dak Prescott now the right choice? Is it worth the risk of injury? Just there are three games up in their division right now. What would you do if you were coaching the Dallas Cowboys? Not that I would wish that something like that on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not. Um, you know, that's a tough one. Um, we, I was coaching a team, goodness. 2010 and and we had we were we were set for the playoffs we already knew who we were going to play we knew where we were going to play them and we had a quarterback that had an achilles strain let's say right he could play and we could definitely win if he played um and at the end of the day we sat him um hoping he would you know be more healthy when we went up against a much more difficult team two weeks later um I wonder if that's not what Dallas did last week. Um, you know, I, I heard an old Bill Parcells saying, you know, some of the days you got to just take what you're given and try to win one game, right. right? And if that means sitting some of your people. I wonder if that's not the one game last week. And I wonder if that's not what their job is and that was their one out. Um, right. I mentioned they were on a bye. No, they came back from that and they started Cooper Rush, who did an yeah. okay job, right? So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. I just wonder if that's the one out that they are trying to do and win. Um, I, I anticipate it being, I think they play him because um, I do think they see, and whether we like it or not or agree with it or not, we see they have a very strong inroad to being the number one seed, right? Yeah, and, but if and they lose then, Dak, they can, then the whole season is over. So, I mean, yeah, what's the, the risk, know, I, be, risk I, benefit there? there? There's a whole lot of difference between a strain and you get two weeks to, to welcome that strain because he's had two weeks, right. really three weeks in calendar days, right? If you, if you do the numbers to it, he yeah, will have had right. three calendar weeks. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes that's enough and that's powerful enough for a strain. Now, I think if it was deeper, they would have IR'd him and he would have gotten already these, that bye week in three games. And that would have been that, right? Because they right. know who they were being on the who they were playing on the schedule. Yeah. Um, okay. If it's me, I play him because I like the continuity. I like you know having everybody going and playing, and then you get up by twenty and you sit in mid third quarter. Yeah. Well, given that that's the most likely scenario, we'll see how that plays out. Now, last week, Mark, we've had a uh, quite a few surprises. We had the New Orleans Saints beating Tampa Bay. We had New England beating the L.A. Chargers. And we had the Jets beating the number one seed Bengals. Which one of these three 
impressed you the most slash surprised you the most? <laughs> New Orleans, the one that didn't surprise me, I think, was Chargers. Uh, I, I think I actually picked that one in our little fancy game that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that I thought New England would actually go there and do something. New England, we've got to watch because they're getting stronger and stronger. They're getting it together. Bill you know? Belichick is uh, making a statement, huh? Oh, definitely. Um, and whether they're wild card or not, because I, I, I still think Buffalo are going to get the division, but I think if New England can just get to the postseason, that will be job done for them this year and then right. from next year. Um, you know, they always have loads of draft picks and they always tend to draft well. They just look stronger and stronger as as the as the season goes on. So I was, I was kind of not surprised at that win, to be honest with you. Tampa one, I was surprised. Um, I don't think anyone, any of us could have predicted that too, too easily. Um, you, you know, have Tampa you know, reached their yeah. ceiling right now? Have Tampa reached their ceiling? Or or is it just kind of another, like Arizona, it's another bump in the road for them? I think they've reached their ceiling personally. Really? Yeah, I do. I just got this feeling that they're a little bit banged up. You know, Gronk's out again. And I, I'm, I didn't see the connection between uh, Brady and Mike Evans that there has been. And, you know, right. you just, now I, this is one game. It's a one game. Right. He was, he was linking up with Godwin quite a bit. He so was. Chris Godwin. Yeah, he was. And I, I just think maybe just maybe other teams have started to work them out. And I'm speaking as a bears fan who got hammered in Tampa the week before. So, you know, <laughs> I, so it's not that I hate Tampa. I've got nothing against them. Um, I think it'd be quite nice if somebody else got to the final this year other than, right. than Tom Brady. But uh, no, I, I think that um, they're going to have a really hard second half of the season. I'm looking forward to it because if, if they get there, they deserve it. Absolutely. Right. Well, uh, look, the, the teams that have outschemed them on defense, uh, we've had the Rams, the Patriots, and now New Orleans. Right. They've, they've, they've stifled uh, Tom Brady with the you know heavy pass rush and cover out there. And this is what happened with New Orleans as well. They were in the secondary. There was, was good cover in the secondary. That's why he couldn't get to Godwin Evans much. And that came from the pressure that was given on the O-line. He didn't have time to set so many overthrows from, uh, you know, Brady. And, right. and that started from the first drive, three and out on the first drive. And then, yeah, if you out-scheme him on defense, you got a chance with Tampa. Now, Yujita, I had another question for you. I mean, we saw the Bengals and the Jets right now. Uh, we've been kind of criticizing the Jets coaching staff and the way they handled Zach Wilson and all of that. But here they have this quarterback named White uh, who came in and looked really, really good. I got the thumbs up there from coach. Is this now, can this be turned around to be a bad reflection on Zach Wilson and the fact that he might not have been NFL ready? Uh, because this guy looked really good and he managed to, to, to show up against the best team up until, up until then. You know what? Uh, not really. Uh, I'll, I'll tell. And I got. I I watched this game completely. Um, and yeah, White did a great job with what he was given. Um, uh, I mean, he did better than great. Now I think somebody posted his jerseys in the Hall of Fame and stuff it is, right yeah. now. Um, but I still go back to their, uh, their their play calling and their their scheming because where was all this dinking dunking when Wilson was there? Why couldn't they use that with him? Yeah. There were a lot of deep passes back then. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what Zach Wilson's good about. And if you brought this part of the game as well with Zach Wilson, it could have worked. 
Now listen, the Bengals lost this game. They lost this game. They they gave they gave White a chance to do what he did, you know. And so he was choosing the the available player uh, as opposed to the receiver that he was going to. So I think he had a four point two depth uh, in, in throwing, which is the lowest in the league. So he was just you know short pass, short pass. We I don't know how sustainable that is to say right. that he is. Hey, he's the new future of the Jets. I don't really think so. I need to see yeah. him more. Uh, the Indianapolis game will be. I mean, yeah, you throw 400 yards, uh, 400 yards on this game. Yeah, great. But I really don't think that he's sustainable. I think they need Zach Wilson back. Robert Sala needs to give him all of that playbook, including those short passes. I mean, you had the you had the running back go for more receiving yards in this game. I mean, he went Carter. He had a great game. He went for 90 yards receiving. So that right. was just dropping the ball on short passes wherever he could. You know, and, and then, then he had a couple of interceptions. He was hurried. 2.9, I think, second throwing time as well. So, yeah, he looked good, but I, they need Zach Wilson back. They need to work with Zach Wilson. Unless he goes great in the next two, three games, how long it takes, then you never know. All right, Coach, I mean, with, with your nods and your shakes, I mean, we, I, I, I deduce that you feel that Tennessee are done for the season. So that was your pick to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC are you ready to join our camp, which is the Buffalo Bills <laughs> camp right now? Or do you have another team in mind? You know, I'll, I'll stick with the Titans. Um, I, I'll agree wow. with Mark. The, the Patriots scare the bejesus out of me. Um, I just think he has some defensive players that he hasn't had in the last few years. And I think he has a much better game management quarterback than he had last year. Um, very much in the in the framework that Tom Brady has done for year in and year out. Uh, I'm not saying he's better than Tom Brady, but I think it fits the scheme that they run. Um, right. I think if, if, if Tennessee can find a way to run it 70% as good as they do with um, the big guy in there, then I think big they ask. can still be a player. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, as you said, yeah, that's a big ask. Um, the good news is their whole offensive line is healthy and both of their top one and top two wideout are healthy. And I think that showed up in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think they're struggling more on defense and that's where it's going to hurt them because they won't, because that defense isn't great. Right. And so if you don't have a ball control offense that runs it and runs it and controls the clock and they're on the field more, I think they're going to look a lot more like Kansas city um, in the next two, three, four games, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Now, before we wrap it up, uh, 10 seconds or less, uh, Chicago, three and five record. They've got Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Detroit. What, what's their record in the next three games? One win. One win. Ujita, Eagles, Chargers, Denver, New Orleans. Uh, one win, man. We got a long way to go. And I'm done with Carolina, so I'm going to defer to you, Coach. Carolina at 4-4. Four and four, They've got New England, Arizona, and Washington. Um, they'll win two of those three. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I really hope you're right. Okay, on that note, we can wrap up this episode. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, this has been Sports Unhinged. Make sure that you comment, subscribe, and like. And we will see you guys in the Pick 6 segment on Saturday night. Thanks, guys. We will. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.